Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail in Fermina Kim. One day in the summer of 2019, Solomon Hughes, a former Cal basketball star then working in academia, got a message from a former college teammate turned actor. An untitled TV series was searching for someone to play the great basketball legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Based on the 2014 book Showtime, Magic Kareem Riley and the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty of the 1980s by Jeff Perlman, the series now has a name, Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, and premieres March 6 on HBO. The Los Angeles Lakers select Magic Johnson. Us together, Magic and Kareem. Oh, uh, Kareem and Magic. Every team's got fans. We'll have celebrities. Our girls, they won't cheer. They'll dance. You think I'm going to get out there? You think it's going to change you? I want to build something special. A real dynasty. Far out, man. The Lakers dominated that era, not only with their skill, but also their flashy style, making it to nine NBA finals and winning five championships. Joining me now to talk about the series, Becoming Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and the Legacy of the Showtime Lakers is Solomon Hughes. Welcome to Forum, Solomon. Thank you for having me. So before we dive in, full disclosure, Solomon and I are related. We are cousins. Um, And if you have questions for Solomon or want to share your memories or favorite moments of the Showtime Lakers, you can give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook or Instagram or at KQED Forum. Or email your questions and comments to forum at kqed.org. And if you've seen the trailer and are looking forward to the series, we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. So you were being raised. (laughs) He just gave me a look of, all right, we're officially doing this. We're having fun. Um, So you were being raised in Southern California when the Showtime Lakers were reigning supreme. Do you have memories of the team, of watching them? Did you have a sense as a kid that they were something special? Oh, absolutely. You know, I I think I, I had the experience of being the spoiled kid who knew nothing other than Lakers excellence. And, you know, when you think of these these incredible players like Magic Johnson or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It was like they they really just set the bar high, and they really were the center of the sports universe for me and and most of my siblings. We had one sibling that was a Celtics fan, ironically. But, um, you know, we yeah, we were huge Laker fans. Couldn't afford tickets, but we watched them on TV religiously. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in particular, my father really admired him. Hmm. And I, I think it was one of those situations where I think – you know, it's often the case where, as a kid, you, you there's things your parents like that you don't like. But my brothers and I, we really just follow along with with regards to how much my dad admired Kareem for who he was beyond the court and how he contributes to society as a as a as a thought leader, et cetera. And so, um, and then obviously just 
as a player, his style, his his elegance, his grace, his absolutely unstoppable uh, offensive move, the sky hook. These were things that were just bigger, like larger than life. Right. And so it was easy to get sucked into the, the, the universe that the Lakers were creating. And I'm going to get into playing Kareem a little, in a little bit. Um, but I do want, for some that might not be familiar overall, you know, with the, the book Showtime that the series is based on, tell us a little bit more about kind of the world that we're placed into. Because sure. it's hard, you know, the NBA is super popular now. Right. But in se- 1979, yeah. where the series starts, and right. Jerry Buss is looking to buy the Lakers, it's, you know, it's right. flailing, you know, right. nobody, it's, there's not a draw, people right. aren't really going to games like that. So right. kind of Put us in that world for a minute of kind of sure. where the series takes place. Sure, I, you, I think you articulated it perfectly. It, and you, some people forget at one point the NBA, NBA games were on tape delay, right? So it was like there oh. was this really, you know, it was it, it was it was the really what we've, what, the way we talk about it is the marriage of entertainment and sports, um, and entertainment and sports in a very big way. And I think you know this project it really it fits Adam McKay style. You know, I think when you think of some of his his his, his movies like Vice. Or the Big Short. There's this unpacking, and there's a there's a, this 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 subtext of how we got here in the first place, right? And when you think about the NBA today, you know, an NBA player's tweet can spark a geopolitical conversation. So the game is global; it's huge. These people have a lot of influence, and 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 this is a story of some of those beginnings. You know, the the people, the men and women, the humans that came together, um, and and really just just changed the way we, we we view the game um and you know of all places right it's like basketball with the within the backdrop of hollywood and so this is this is the story of those beginnings well this listener writes the lakers during the 80s made basketball fun to watch they are the reason i started following the sport magic johnson was a showman they also had an awesome announcer named chick, uh, chick hearn who was like vin scully of the dodgers but for mm-hmm. basketball sports were different back then so I previewed a bit in the introduction some of how the role came about for you, but tell us more about the decision to actually throw your name in the hat, <laughs> you know, the experience of auditioning, because yeah. executive producer Adam McKay, who you brought up, has talked about how this was a particularly challenging casting process yeah. to find the right magic and the right Kareem. Yeah, so you know, some people know when I graduated from, uh, from Berkeley, I moved to L.A. and I had two ideas. I was definitely going to pursue a professional basketball career, but I was also very fascinated with the uh, prospect of acting um, and getting in, in, involved in the in the realm of entertainment. Robbie Jones, who played at Cal with me, um, had you know he along with other former athletes had, had moved down to L.A. and were you know carving out careers for themselves. And so I was really intrigued with that. And I actually, I went as far as meeting with a talent agent. And, you know, he was he was pretty dismissive and just, you know, just basically didn't show me a lot of attention. I did get an opportunity to audition for I I believe it was an Advil. It was was an Advil commercial. Um, Nothing came of it. But I just it was the, the desire was like in the heart. And I was, you know, even though I went back and worked in the realm of education, you know, I was the guy that was routinely checking Craigslist to just see if there were like. Uh, audition opportunities for local shorts because mm-hmm. when I think of the impact that just just the the creative ex- creative expression the art form of acting has had on me personally, you know I'm someone who's who's taught on the high school level I've taught on the college level and you know these are traditional learning spaces but I also you know when I think about what I've learned sitting through a, a, a movie and how that's changed my life, it's a space that I've really just been fascinated by for a long time and so when the audition came my way I, I tell people I was just excited to 
audition, right? Just to get the opportunity to get some feedback, right? I mean, even a no is like, at least I'm hearing something, right? And so, um, and seeing that it was associated with Adam McKay, I'm an enormous Adam McKay fan. I really love what he contributes to our universe. And, and so, so yeah, so I, I, uh, Robbie was very helpful in helping me kind of put together my self tape, um, you know, hours upon hours of practice, you know, reading through the script, um, there, and I, you know, I, like, like you, like you alluded to earlier, I grew up in Southern California. So, you know, Kareem's autobiography, Giant Steps is one of the first big books that I read growing up right alongside the autobiography of Malcolm X. So, you know, I was, I, I've been a lifelong fan of his. And so, so yeah, we sent in the self tape a few days later, they called back and said that they were going to fly me down to do an in-person audition. And, uh, and the two scenes were really beautiful. One was Kareem explaining the, the sky hook to magic. And the other scene was, uh, was was a, a Kareem filming airplane, and so so there was you know a bit of of humor involved in that component, um, and so yeah, I went down and did the in person audition, and, and Robbie was just wonderful in helping me prep for what to expect, and in a lot of ways I really I kind of reverted to uh, thinking about how I approached games right, just go in, be super focused, don't be distracted by somebody's expression, just you know stay the course, and I just poured it all out there. And um, and here we are. And here we are. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so you're not the only kind of de- you know, actor debuting in this. Your co-star, Quincy Isaiah, who plays Magic Johnson, also in his first role. So yeah. how did you handle taking on such iconic figures yeah. in your first role? Oh, man. You know, like I, what was some of the prep that went into that? Yeah. The prep I, it, when I when I think of, you know, so I, I've written a dissertation, I've written research papers. But when I think of the research process for this it was by far one of the most rewarding things I've ever in, engaged in, and I, and again I kind of I had the head start of having been a Kareem fan from 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 back in the day. I'm a fan of history, you know. When you think of Kareem's presence just w- within Black America, but America right. at, uh, as a whole, you know, he's he's one of these. I think he's going to go down for sure as one of the most interesting Americans in the history yeah. of this country. And so, I think. Um, He's been very generous with regards to how much he's written about himself. Uh, he's written a few books about himself, his relationship with his coaches. Um, and then the the documentary on HBO, uh, Kareem, A Minority of One, it's just a, it's a beautiful um, uh, uh, just collection of photos and memories. And, you know, and so and, 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 and now he writes for, I think it's The Hollywood Reporter. So, yeah. you know, he's someone who's he's constantly contributing with regards to just conversations around covid actually we were at all-star weekend um just this past weekend weekend, and he was on a panel talking about covid and i i woke up cracking on to make sure i was there did you get a chance to meet him no didn't get a chance to meet him it was a a massive crowd um but um but but yeah i mean it's he's he's someone that i've watched for a long time and i and i and i know quincy would say say the same thing quincy is from michigan you know irvin Mm -hmm. magic johnson is from michigan and so and, and quincy is a college athlete and so, yeah, I think we both, and also I think there was also a leaning on each other, right? We're just kind of looking at each other like, this is happening, you know? And so um, there was, it was uh, what I know, what I wanted to control, what I, what I wanted to make sure of was the things that I could control was I was taking care of those, which is doing the research, knowing the moment, knowing the person, and also what I wanted to bring into the character as well. Mm-hmm. 
We're talking with Solomon Hughes, actor in the upcoming HBO series Winning Time that debuts on March 6th. And we want to hear from you listeners. Were you a Lakers fan in the 1980s? What do you you remember about that team? What are your thoughts on professional basketball during that time? And if you have any other questions for Solomon, call now at 866-733-6786. Get in touch on Twitter and Facebook at KQED Forum or email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org. So, yeah, when I was looking more into Kareem's life and background and prep for this interview, I was I mean, I knew he covered the range of things. And I knew that, um, you know, there are interviews where he talks about how he wants to be remembered for his mind, um, not just his basketball career, but his height, you know, has defined so much. And it afforded him a lot of opportunities, but it definitely can overshadow and. I mean, similar probably what Adam McKay saw. I also feel like I've seen that synergy in terms of just the different interests that you have. You're both lovers of jazz. I mean, his dad was a jazz musician, which was fun to to find out. Um, So, yeah, what um, can you just talk a little bit more about the impression that you got of just learning more about his full range of life and and his legacy that's beyond the basketball court. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think and, I, and that's one of the things that I really love about this project is it's I think it's oftentimes in, in in the realm of show business, right? There's this one dimension that we that we see. And the show really is it's it's about showmanship and show business. And so, you know, when you, especially when you're thinking about NBA players, there's these 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 the very the, the physicality can distract you from the realities that they're full humans with full lives. And mm-hmm. so, um it was yeah, like you said just you know, Kareem's backstory it's just so fascinating you know his father was a police officer but he's also a juilliard trained musician jazz musician um he hung out with Thelonious Monk as a teenager, right? The the great what? jazz musician Thelonious Monk. It's like what? And he hung out with Wilt Chamberlain in New York, right? So he's he's lived this life where he was, he just had this incredibly interesting life in New York, and then this equally fascinating life in Los Angeles where he you know developed relationships with people like Bruce Lee. So there's you know I feel like every season of his life has been absolutely fascinating, and and I and I and I definitely felt this connection with you know, and I, he talks about this in his documentary. I think he's he's, he's pretty honest about the fact that. The attention that he gets, he's seven two. You know, yeah. some people say he's taller than that, but he's seven two, very recognizable face. You know, easily one of the most recognizable people on the planet. And so, whenever he steps outside the door, there's attention flying his way. And so, you know, I, I can understand that. I, I, I can somewhat relate. I'm six ten, and when I'm just going to the grocery store to get almond butter, people yeah. want to have a conversation with me about whether or not I pay. Right. You know, and so it's, I uh, so so there. I definitely feel like I relate in that. But but yeah, to your point. Um, I, and the other thing is, I think where Kareem talks about being a man to the mind versus being a man to the body. But I think I, I would I would what I would say is if you're playing a professional sport on that level, that and that is a mental thing. Right. Obviously, there's a physical component, but there's also like that's a that's a very mental exercise. And so I feel like there's this unfortunate thing that's happened with professional athletes or just with athletes in general where they're separated, you know, one's physical, one's mental. And I think, you know, we're we're learning so much more about the brain, et cetera. And I feel like we're 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 I think we're properly interrogating the this idea that, you know, an athlete is just a body. And so, you know, and 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 with Kareem, um, you know, when I think of I actually, I actually had a, a really wonderful conversation with Wynton Marcellus, famous jazz musician Wynton Marcellus, because not only was I interested in what Kareem said about himself and what other people had written about him, I was also interested in what he was interested in, right? And and, and people who are f- fans of Kareem know that jazz is incredibly important to him. And so, you know, getting having the opportunity to talk to Wynton about the genre, 
you know, it's it's gift to the world yeah. uh, was <laughs> I mean, it's it, I, I really like I, I've been using the word surreal and I, I've been overusing it to describe this situation. But that's that's exactly what this feels. like. I mean, I feel like, yeah, it's 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 been like it's, it's I've never been on a psychedelic journey, but I but I imagine this is what it might feel like. So. Mm-hmm. A reminder, we're talking with Solomon Hughes, actor in Winning Time on HBO. I'm Ariana Prale and Fermina Kim, and you're and this is Forum. So you yeah, you mentioned the jazz piece. So was there a particular song or artist that you would use to drop into Ooh, character or that question. you kind of had playing? Oh man. So when I would practice the skyhook, I would there was a local park. And so we filmed the pilot in 2019 and then COVID happened. So everything got shut down and we mm-hmm. basically got put on hold for a year. And so I would go to the local park and find one of the empty baskets and I would put in, I usually would play John Coltrane and his track, um, uh, Out of This World, mm-hmm. which is, I, it just, I feel like it would just put me in the right mindset to really try to, to, you know, master my version of the Skyhook because I will never ever Yeah, how say, is your Skyhook? Scale you know, of 1 to 10, what would sc- you say? Well, I, I would say <laughs> Kareem's is an 11, right? I mean, right. he like, he, 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 he's it's the his. one that, yeah, yeah, he designed his. it. Um, I, I'm comfortable, I'm, I'm confident that if I'm playing someone one-on-one, I'm going to get at least five buckets with off the Skyhook alone. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well, the audience will also determine, you know, <laughs> right. we'll have their judgments once it comes out. Um, and... Yeah, and just another question in terms of the filming. What was it like to play, you know, television basketball, having, you know, played Ooh, basketball yourself? Right. Was it just uh, like, I mean, it's choreographed. So is right. it does it just feel like you're playing in practice where you're just running the same play over and over again? What was that like? Yeah, so it, we were fortunate because we had, well, first, like the, um, so all of the actors who are portraying the players went through a, a, a pretty brutal training regimen to, to be ready for, for filming. And then, in addition to the actors who are playing, uh, you know, the players, the background uh, performers that they came that they brought in have played professional basketball, et cetera. And mm-hmm. so, like real gamers. And so, you know, there is there was this this really uh, it, it was like getting into the mindset of understanding that we're trying to film the game in a way that fits that fits into the story. Um, so there was a lot of repetition, but nothing was ever taken for granted because everybody's competitive, right? Yeah. So you're out there and you're like, you're trying to remind. Oh, so you're still balling. Even exactly, though it's, right, right. I'm like, <laughs> it's hard to separate. Right, then. Exactly. Like, wait, we're filming. Right, I can't. Exactly. I was like, I, I, there was, I felt like sometimes I'd have to remind the the, defend, the background defenders, like, let me act a little bit. Like, you don't need to foul me that hard. Like, I can I can do this, you know? So, yeah, but it, it was intense. And, but, and I will say, I feel like I grew up playing the game because I was tall. I had some talent. And I think people kind of put me in that box. But the reality is I just liked basketball. Like, yeah. When I played in college, when I played in high school, I liked it. I was pretty good. This project, this journey has really made me look back on the game and develop a love for it. Because, you know, the story, it's coming from you know Adam McKay, Jim Heck, uh, Rodney Barnes, Max Bornstein, who are like big time basketball fans. And they love the Lakers. They love Magic. They love Kareem. And so it's been really fun to uh, hear, see the game through their eyes. Well, we've been talking about the upcoming television series Winning Time about the Los Angeles Lakers team of the 1980s, the Showtime Lakers, with Solomon Hughes. He's an actor who stars as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in Winning Time. Thank you so much for joining me, cousin. Thank you, cousin. This is is wonderful. (laughs) And again, the show premieres on HBO on March 6th, Winning Time. This is Forum. I've been Ariana Prail and Fermina Kim.
Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.